0: Welcome to The Boundless Self, a podcast that is here to explore all of the ways in which we limit ourselves. Together we will explore the deep, messy, exciting and often uncomfortable topics to identify and heal everything that keeps you from believing in your boundless potential. I'm your host, Kathleen McBride, and becoming boundless changed everything for me. Now I run a life and a business embracing my own fears and helping people all around the world to believe in themselves. Tune in to each episode and join me on your journey of becoming your most boundless self. Hello, my friends, and well, a huge welcome back to the Boundless Self podcast. I know it has been quite a while since the last episode, and I am freaking thrilled to be back here and to have you here today with me. Season two. Season two is going to be big, bold, and beautiful. I have some amazing guests lined up. Some podcasts already even recorded. I'm very organized this time around, which is really exciting. I learned a lot from the first round from season one of this podcast, and I cannot wait to make this podcast even bigger, even better, and with so much more jam-packed full of information, of stories, of value, of hilarity, of humor, of relief. I feel like This season two, I want it to be, every time you listen, like a giant sigh of relief, like you've come to a place where you are so safe, you are so understood, you are so heard, where things are normalized that we don't normally speak about, where anxiety, stress, overwhelm, doubt, daddy issues, mummy issues, all these things that we carry shame over, they don't have a place here. This is your safest space. I know it's a cheesy word to say, but that is really what I'm bringing in with season two. I can't wait to dive in, so let's go. I want to start off with a little welcome back and a little life update. My life over the last six months has taken some huge twists and turns, and I honestly cannot believe that it's worked out the way that it has and that I am where I am. I was living in the beautiful Mount Maunganui, which was a place that I had you know, manifested, put on my vision board. I manifested the most beautiful house right on the beach, I had a great place, I had some really lovely friends, my business was thriving, I was growing and it got to a point all of a sudden where I became really unsatisfied with where I was. I started feeling incredibly lonely living alone and a lot of my good friends moved away and my circles kind of became smaller, my family didn't live there and I had this just huge deep crazy desire for people and for family and to be surrounded by love i was feeling in myself i was going through another massive change that we all do from time to time and i was making some big decisions about my life and i wanted to be surrounded by love i didn't want to be on my own and it was such a crazy process of going oh my god this life that i literally Put on my vision board. I remember doing it, you know, three, four years ago. I would sit every morning in front of my mirror and I visualize this life. I visualized the home that I was calling in, the bedrooms, how it would look, the feel of it, how close it was to the beach, what my life there would look like. It really was my dream life that I tried to create. And two years into it, I was done. It wasn't the dream anymore. And nothing particularly bad happened or anything like that. It was just this overwhelming feeling of... I am not meant to be here anymore and I need to go and I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. It was scary as hell, but I knew that I needed to move. I knew that something needed to change because I was feeling stuck and I was feeling myself within that loneliness, getting caught up and really old, you know, binge eating behaviors and isolating myself and not wanting to share, not wanting to speak. And I was feeling so off and so inauthentic to my true self and I knew I needed to change. So I made the big, brave, bold decision to close the chapter on my dream life, to end my lease on the most beautiful house I've ever lived in, literally right on the beach. It was a dream that I had that life and that place where I had so many good memories. I made the decision to close that chapter and to go home for six weeks, to go home to my family, to my mum, to spend some quality time around the people that I had felt the most disconnected from. And those six weeks were incredibly challenging, but also so incredibly loving. It was like the sigh of relief of coming home and to reconnect with people. I'm the sort of person that has been overseas or has been in a different part of the country from my family for actually a really long time. And I think it was really important to go back and solidify those connections when I was feeling really disconnected from the people that I loved in my life. And I was feeling this next layer of intensity. This almost death of the highly independent Kathleen who is, you know, going wherever she wants, going to explore, going and meet new people. And instead what was coming in was this really beautiful, authentic version of me that just wanted to be close to people that she loved. And it didn't matter where I was, but I needed to be around my people and I needed to listen to my heart. And I did it. I did the scariest things ever. I moved home for six weeks and then I decided to go on the biggest adventure of my life go to the UK and spend some time with my family there that I've recently gotten to know and connected with. And this is a big part of my journey, of finding my biological father that I'm not ready to share completely in depth around and I'm still working through it. But I do want to share that it did not go according to the plan. I planned to be over there for four months and as soon as I got there, I kind of knew something was wrong and I didn't feel like I wanted to be there. I wanted to be somewhere else and it was so interesting having to sit in huge amounts of discomfort having to work through some of these really old or not old, actually really young pieces of anger that I had about some of these people in my family who weren't there, who made choices and decisions that impacted me having to be there in that and realizing that I wasn't over a lot of stuff that I thought I was over and they were all resurfacing. It was so fascinating and so hard to be in that space and Yeah, it was crazy. It was absolutely wild. I'm so glad I did it, but I'm also really proud of myself for making some really important decisions for myself and about where I wanted to be. And again, listening to my heart about where I needed to be. So the plan did not go according to the plan one little bit. And it was honestly the best thing I think that could have happened. And I bravely have started this new life in Australia, in the Sunshine Coast, and I'm so excited to be here around some beautiful friends, some friends that I feel like family around, some beautiful new babies being born into the world, which I'm so excited about. And it feels like exactly where I'm meant to be. And this life ain't easy. This life of listening to your intuition and doing things that don't really make sense logically, that part is hard. But you have to follow through you have to listen and for me what i was really proud of over these last six months in the past when i felt that you know heart desire to be somewhere else or to go somewhere and do something i've waited i've waited and put it off for so long for a year two years three years four years because it's been so scary to think about change even though i've been unhappy and what i'm most proud of myself for and what i hope you can learn from this is you can shorten that distance between the intuition, between the feeling of I'm, you know, I'm meant to be somewhere else or I need to change this. I need to do that. I shortened that time time frame drastically and I made some really courageous decisions, which I'm really proud of and still figuring out, still processing, still working through. And I'm so excited to be here where I am, really getting back into my passions, my purpose and Digging into creating a beautiful life and relationships with people that I love, you know, and it's very exciting. So that's my little life update. But today I want to come in with a huge topic that I've been speaking about a lot recently, but I truly believe has been the key to everything. I've spoken a lot here about my journey in the last six months of listening to your heart and your intuition, and I was the type of person that had no fucking clue what my intuition sounded like i knew that it existed but i didn't know how to access it on a on a daily level and i didn't know how to accompany actually i didn't know how to overcome the fear and the worries and the doubts that came when i had such a strong realization about something and i really want to break down here that the key to your intuition the key to being able to listen to your heart being able to listen to the universe whatever it is but being able to Go where you need to go, do what you need to do, and live the life that you actually want to be living, which does involve some really crazy, big, huge, hard decisions from time to time. The key to that is authenticity. Being your authentic and true self, I 100% believe that that is what majority of us are here on earth to do and to discover. It's to let go of who we think we should be according to society's norms, according to the idea of perfection. It's letting go of the person and the life that we think we should have. Following the traditional rules, you know, thinking and wanting the things that we want just because somebody says that we need to have it. And going about life in a completely different way where you take steps from the inside out rather than from the outside in. So rather than going, oh, okay, You know, my friends say, or my family says, or society says, I should be going to university and I should be going to get this job and I should be going to marry this person. Instead of doing that, you make decisions from the inside out. You go, actually, where do I want to be? What are my next steps? Where do I want to go? And it's so incredible to realize that you you have a voice and you have a very decisive part of you that knows exactly where your life should be going for you in a way that's right for you not for anybody else authenticity is the key to this authenticity is the key to being able to realize your biggest dreams when you're inauthentic you are presented with self-doubt with comparison imposter syndrome when you show up as your true self when you take up space when you be who the fuck you are when you rock in the world without makeup without a mask without that personality that you've created to fit in with other people When you choose to shop like that every day, you are sending out these incredible signals to the universe that this is who I am. I'm secure in who I am. And I love who I am and how I do things. And I'm ready. I'm ready to go into this next phase of life being myself. Now, let's talk about the cost of inauthenticity. I never realized the true cost of being inauthentic. And when I say inauthentic, I mean you're Saying yes when you mean no. I mean you're trying to fit in all the time. You are putting on a hat. You are changing your personality around different people. You're people pleasing. You're not speaking your truth. It's being the type of person that is probably there for everyone else rather than yourself. Or you could be like me. And for me being inauthentic looked like being this really highly independent career driven person. Which there are parts of me yes that are. But for a long time. I made it my entire personality. That just was who I was. And it stopped me from realizing that I actually had these hugely deep desires for family, for connection, for relationships, for people that were very, that did not fit within that box I'd created for myself as highly independent Kathleen. And realizing that and pulling that apart, unpacking that was huge. It was everything. When you are inauthentic, the cost of inauthenticity has a huge impact on your physical being. And I want to share with you why and how this has happened to me and my experience and to so many clients that I've spoken to. The universe, source, God, whoever you believe in, whatever you believe in, a greater thing than ourselves that we are connected to. It wants you to be authentic. It wants you to be fucking you. It doesn't want you to be just like everybody else. But, We have these needs as human beings to fit in, to belong, to be one of the pack because it keeps us safe. It helps us survive according to our caveman ancestors. We don't live this way anymore, but we are still creatures of connection. And when we connect with people, something happens there. There's a moment that you decide, can I be who I really am around these people? Or do I need to be somebody else? And if you've had a childhood where your uniqueness wasn't encouraged, if you had a childhood where every moment you took up space, every moment you said, hey, look at me, I'm performing, whatever, and you got shut down, or you were, or there was some sort of consequence to it, or you struggled to make friends, perhaps you were bullied. If that happened, you received a message really, really early on that being who you really are isn't safe, that being who you really are around people is not going to help you survive. And remember, there's two parts of our Systems that or two almost there's two innate natures within us one part is about survival and that is our caveman like instincts it is the part of us that thinks that there's still you know tigers running around trying to eat us and that we're going to be you know starving in a famine um, during the winter time that we you know it's this part of us that really truly believes and still feels even though our society is so different today It still feels like I can't survive on my own. I have to be with people. I have to be surrounded by people. Then there's this other part of us that is like, I want to be authentic. And what I'm talking about here, really, these two parts, what I'm saying here is we have two strong needs as human human beings. One, survival. And survival is often contingent on being part of the crowd, being part of the tribe. And the easiest way to be part of the tribe is to be like everybody else. If you stand out, if you're different, you risk getting kicked out. And if you're kicked out, if you're alone, survival is harder. It's harder to find food. It's harder to keep warm, right? But we are so different now and we have access to so many more people. We are not in these tiny, tiny, tiny little communities anymore where everybody, you know, does the same thing and, you know, your, your personality is almost passed down from generation to generation. We live in this big wide world where so much more is available. Then we have this other need, which is authenticity. It's to be our true selves and to be accepted both within ourselves and by other people as our true selves. It's discovery of who we are. And that almost is the more spiritual sense that I want to discover who I am and I want to find my place in the world. We have these two really strong needs that almost start to battle with each other from time to time. And what happens is when that need is for survival, when that need for survival is threatened, And when I say survival, remember the easiest way to survive is to belong, to be part of the tribe, to be like everybody else. That's what your brain thinks. That's what caveman brain, part of you, that's what it thinks. When that need is threatened, you're not going to choose authenticity. You're always going to choose survival because our bodies have such strong instincts within us. We have all these mechanisms. We have the nervous system. We have so many other systems within us that essentially take over our physiology and cause us to go down that road of fitting in with everyone else. That's why you might find yourself, even if you're you're probably on this journey, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably on the journey of finding yourself, your true self. And you probably know some of this stuff. And yet, you still probably find yourself from time to time having a human moment and people-pleasing or lying to fit in or doing something that would technically betray your real authentic self. You might find yourself you know, in a new group of people. And just the other day, actually, I was on a plane ride and there was a person next to me and they were telling me they'd play for an ice hockey team. And the first thing I said was, oh, my God, I love ice hockey. I have never loved ice hockey less in my life. I have no idea what ice hockey is really about. But yet, this part of me was craving this connection with this person so that I could feel like we had some sort of belonging. So I could be part of the crowd when I was on a plane all by myself, feeling so alone and scared on the inside, not on the outside, but on the inside. There are these moments where we are almost forced to choose between authenticity and survival and belonging. And so often we choose, we almost have to choose because our bodies start to take over, our systems start to take over like that moment that I shared. We almost have to because of these systems. And I think a part of finding your authenticity is realizing that there are going to be those moments where you are inauthentic, where you lie, where you people please, where you change your opinion based on it. You know, if you're in a room full of people that all have one political view, it's very, very hard sometimes to say the opposite opinion, to give a different view when everyone in the room is agreeing with something because we have such a strong instinct to connect, to be with people, to be with the tribe. Part of your authenticity journey is realizing that and realizing that there are going to be moments that 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 happens, but it doesn't mean that you fail that authenticity. Now, the real cost of inauthenticity, if you are showing up in your life as a false version of who you are, if you are going down a career path because mum or dad said that's the path to go down, if you are in relationships that are just you're in them because there's nobody else or you think there's no one else, you're part of friend groups that you talk about the same old topics that you don't have anything really connecting you with, if you are continuing to shop in this inauthentic way, maybe your version of inauthenticity looks like wearing a face full of makeup every day because you're scared to be who you really are beneath that mask, beneath that layer. Maybe it looks like the clothes you wear. Maybe it looks like the words that you say or how you speak or even how you laugh. I totally have an inauthentic an laugh and an authentic laugh. And the authentic laugh is way funnier and a way more of a full-body experience than my inauthentic laugh. It's my inauthentic laugh. It's quiet. It's polite. It fits in with people. My authentic laugh is loud and weird and funny, and I love it. But there are moments when I have to, I have to almost choose my inauthentic laugh because there's parts of me that are, are afraid of standing out in these moments, and that's okay. That's what this journey is about. The real cost of inauthenticity can be, and I want to tell you about this journey that I've been on what's how it's looked and the impact of it because it's blown my mind we all know about the mind-body connection right we know that your body will communicate to you when something's not right and when you are continually showing up as a false version of you when you're walking down a path that isn't for you there's two things that can happen one the universe will send you signs right it'll try and steer you in a different direction And these signs can be horrible things that can happen. It can be death, it can be disaster, it can be an accident, or it could be simply being offered something new or meeting a new person or not getting the job that you thought you were going to get or a pay cut or, you know, being made redundant, whatever it is. So you can have those external signs, but you can also have internal signs. Your body doesn't want to be a false version of yourself. Being a false version of you, being inauthentic, think about how that feels in the body. It doesn't feel like freedom. It doesn't feel like expansion. It feels like contraction. It feels like you're holding a bunch of shit in that you want to let out, especially when it comes to using your voice and speaking your truth and sharing and expressing the real emotions and feelings that you have. When you hold on to this stuff, when you choose to compress yourself, to make yourself smaller in an act of inauthenticity, what happens is the body feels this and it's painful. And we've seen studies where this pain, where repressed emotion can lead to things like cancer, can lead to disease, inflammation, stress in the body. For me, the mind-body connection was so strong and it wasn't just a gentle nudge to say, hey Kathleen, you're actually going down this road of not being who you really are. My nudges turned into full-on slaps, if you will, to get me to pay the fucking attention to the fact that the life I was living and the person I was being and becoming was the furthest thing from who I was. And I was holding on to this, all of this stuff inside my body. And consciously I didn't realize that until I started doing this work, but my subconscious was just hanging on to a bunch of stuff. And my journey with authenticity was really interesting. I grew up in my kind of late teens, early twenties. I became the party girl. I became the girl. I started drinking way later in life. I was never very popular at school. Um, I always had friends, but I was never super popular. And I went through this you know, kind of journey when I turned 15 or 16, where I suddenly got pretty. I ended up losing, to can't say it in any other way, but my looks transformed. I went from having, you know, a mono brow and, you know, always having my hair up in a ponytail and having, you know, kind of puppy fat on my body to over the summer growing hips. I was hugely into diet culture back then and, was going to the gym, starting to restrict my food. It started really early on for me. I learned how to do my hair. I learned how I actually went and got my eyebrows done. I started wearing makeup. And I had what you will of this transformation, you know? And I came back and I remember thinking, people are looking at me differently. People are treating me differently, particularly men. And very soon after that, I got my first boyfriend and things started changing and I felt felt more seen. I felt more popular. I felt more approved of. And so instantaneously, all these beliefs were created in me, which is that, People love me when I look a certain way. People love me when my body is thin. People love me when I've got makeup on. People love me when my hair's done. If I want to feel belonging, if I want to fit in and feel like I'm part of the crowd, I need to look a certain way and I need to act a certain way. And what was interesting then was when I started getting a bit older, I started drinking and going to parties and meeting new people. And I went so into this party girl persona. I had so much pain and suffering that I was hiding Not feeling loved, not feeling good enough, struggling with my body image, struggling with food, constantly being on diets, trying to lose weight, never feeling good enough, struggling with the issues that I had, you know, with the father that I didn't have growing up, struggling with this pressure that I was placing on myself to be this big career person. You know, I have super high success in my career at a really young age, and it was so hard and it was so much pain to carry. And so, of course, going to these parties and being the girl that drank and seeing how much approval and attention I got from males especially my male friends that seeing how much attention and approval and almost like encouragement that I got when I was a person that drank when I was a person that party when I was a person that went on benders when I was wild and crazy seeing the approval and the attention that I got from that led me learn to believe that people will like me if I'm this party girl persona people like me more I get more attention I get more love And so I kept timesing that by ten. I kept trying to be more fun, be more enjoyable, be really funny, cool, party animal, and I led myself into. Suddenly, I remember this moment: a friend, a male friend of mine, who was part of this, you know, scene where we're all drinking together regularly. They came up to me one day and they said, "Kathleen, you can drink, but you need to change how you're drinking." And I remember being shocked and. I had so much shame and embarrassment that this person who I felt like drank as much as me and party, you know, as much as me and we were on the same level of sorts. But now instead of getting approval and motivation and being so cool for drinking, I was having somebody say to me, Hey, like you, like something's wrong. Like we don't, I'm not liking you in this state. And I remember having this absolute meltdown and it wasn't the first friend that had a conversation with me about my drinking. I had a couple of friends that spoke to me about my drinking and how I was drinking. and. It blew, it blew me away. I just completely avoided it. I was like, no, no, no. It didn't make sense because I'd gotten all that information in the past that if I'm drinking, I'm partying, people love me. People motivate me to drink. People encourage me to drink more. People like me more. I'm hooking up with guys. I'm. I have more friends. I'm busy every Friday, Saturday night. You know, I've got a social life. And to have that change, my brain just instantly rejected that. And the drinking became such an act of numbing for me. I was numbing all this pain that I was feeling at not feeling good enough. And I was hiding an eating disorder. I wouldn't find this out until many years later that I was actually bulimic during this time of my life, and my brain protected me so much, it stopped me from realizing that this you know these acts that I was taking part in were even was even an eating disorder, and I, I couldn't believe it. When I realized what I was doing, and when I had that moment where I woke up and went, Oh my God, um, what am I doing? What am I doing to myself? I was caught up in that diet culture stage. And this is what I'm talking about how there is such a mind body connection. The drinking and the partying was so inauthentic to me that I developed this act of punishment to myself. I developed an eating disorder. And then from that eating disorder, as I continued, I continued to be more inauthentic, even though I was continuing to stop drinking, I was trying. But I still wasn't there yet. I was still people-pleasing. I was still be, you know, trying to be somebody that I wasn't. I was still, you know, lying to people about who I was and what I liked and what I didn't like to try and fit in or to get a boyfriend or whatever it was. I remember telling uh, someone, that I, uh, someone that I saw romantically for a while that I loved the sport and I had never loved that sport. like I literally didn't even know what it was and couldn't even do it. No experience in it. And it came around to bite me in the bar, as you imagine it would. Um, and... On this journey, it went from the binge drinking into the eating disorder. And then I developed chronic IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. And this was my body's, I think, really last ditch attempt to get me to look at, one, what I was doing to myself and what, what how I was showing up in life. And when I mean chronic IBS, I mean that I literally couldn't control my bowels. It's like, it was crazy. Every And I, it was about a period of about two years where, everything was setting me off. I was so petrified of food. I isolated myself. I I didn't want to have sex with my partner. I was so insecure and embarrassed that my body was experiencing all these gut issues, which are frankly sometimes really embarrassing to deal with. And it was horrific. It was absolutely horrific. My body was signaling to me, Kathleen, something is wrong. We're holding all this shit in. We are not in relationships that are serving us. You aren't being who you are. You need to do something about it. And this is when I've shared a lot online recently how authenticity is truly what I believe helped me heal both my issues with drinking, my eating disorder, and my irritable bowel syndrome, which is so much better than it was, which I'm so grateful for, and it's given me my life back. But this journey has been about learning to be my authentic self and realizing that there is a cost when you hold back your truth. There is a cost to yourself when you decide to be someone other than who you are when you try and be like somebody else because you think they're so cool and they're so great when you try and mimic them, when you try and be like them, there's a part of you that is dying inside. And I truly believe it's your inner child. It's this young part of you that is so vulnerable. Your inner child is the part of you that is so fucking vulnerable. They are the part of you that has true needs. You know, they need love and attention and acceptance and kindness and compassion in order to survive as a child, right? Children need many things. They need support. And your inner child, I actually really believe it represents your most authentic self. And when I think back to the version of me as a child, I laugh because I was this really outgoing version of myself. I was I craved having the spotlight on me. I loved to sing and dance and perform. But over time, especially in my um early teens, as many young women go through and also we moved countries and you know, at a, at a young age and I had my home kind of changed multiple times and my sense of security was gone, I became this really shy, quiet version of myself. And then as I got into the drinking, I became, that was my, my vessel to let it out, you know, and to try and think, oh, yeah, I'm totally being like myself again. But it was in all the wrong ways, you know. And so when I talk about that mind-body connection and the cost of inauthenticity, I do truly believe there's such a link between physical symptoms and your level of authenticity in your life. And remember, authenticity is not just about, you know, who you portray yourself as and the clothes you wear. It's about the energy that you give out. It's about your internal thoughts, how you treat yourself. It's about the friends you surround yourself with. It's about the relationships you're in. It's about the job that you're in, the life path that you're on. It's about how you live your life. And a huge part of this journey with authenticity has been healing my inner child. And I have been fucking amazed to see that the more authentic I am in my life, the less physical symptoms I have. And I think that's shocking and amazing and so encouraging. So there is a true cost to being inauthentic. Sometimes your body can take it on, especially when we're holding on to a bunch of emotions. I think one of the places that we can be the most inauthentic is often in our relationships and in our friendships. Friendships. And that's because there's that part of us that wants that connection to survive. It thinks if I'm connected, if I'm part of the crowd, if I've got a partner or a family or a friend group, I'm not alone. Survival needs are met. I will survive. I've got people around me to support me, which is so true, but maybe these people aren't the right people or maybe they totally will accept you for who you are. You just need to be able to go on that journey to find and discover who you are and start showing up as that person. Now let's talk about how inauthenticity creates your insecurities. Insecurities is such a fascination of mine because we all have these deep insecurities about us. We all have these things about us that, you know, the more I talk to people, the more I realize that everybody is just this ball of insecurity that is walking around with all these little fears about, you know, how they look, what their hair's doing, their skin, their body, how they speak, how they laugh, um, their job, how much money they have, how, you know, how they appear on social media. We all have huge, massive insecurities, and it's part of being a human. Obviously, because we're flawed, we're not perfect. We're going to have insecurities. But it becomes such a problem when these insecurities control your life. When you have a deep, heart desire to create a business on social media and your insecurities stop you from actually being able to show up at all on social media. It is a problem when you have a desire for a different kind of relationship and yet your insecurities tell you, I'm only worthy of this relationship rather than something that I actually is going to bring me joy and happiness. Inauthenticity create insecurity. When we have created these insecurities, if you look back at it, the moment this insecurity is, was created, the moment that you know you had, you felt, oh, I'm not, you know, my shoulders look weird, or um, this or that. The moment that that insecurity was created was a moment where you were being inauthentic to yourself. It was a hit at you are not good enough as you are. You need to change. And I, I believe that our authentic selves, one of the greatest things about each of our authentic selves that we all have in common, is that they feel good enough just as they are. They were born worthy, just like you were. They, your authentic self is this part of you that is simply good enough. They don't need to change anything about themselves. And I think this is where it almost gets confusing where you go on this journey of becoming your best self, right? Which is a really which is a really big word that's potent in the self-development and the self-growth industry is becoming the best version of you. Your authentic self is who you are at your core. And when becoming that best version of you is you changing and fixing things that can create insecurity within itself and insecurity of what we know stops you from being able to achieve your dreams from being able to blow up your business from being able to ask for the pay rise from being able to ask that person out or have those fulfilling relationships or parent in the way that you want to parent or wear the clothes that you want to wear insecurity does that and I believe that authenticity and vulnerability heal those insecurities And I want to tell this amazing story of one of the deepest insecurities that controlled me for so long and had such a huge impact on my life. And it's really, it's quite funny, actually. So in my early 20s, I lived in Canada for a few years and I worked at a camp at um, like a kid's camp, outdoor education center. And it was a great place. But obviously, this place was a camp, right? Like you didn't have, you know, your room with all your makeup and, you know, You didn't have your own shower. It was a camp, right? You were known to be, you were going to be roughing it. I was literally living in like a wooden shed in the woods that had animals (laughs) crawling into it at night. I looked back and go, how the hell did I survive that? But I did. I was literally living in this wooden shed. And every morning, the bathroom was a couple minutes walk away. And every morning I'd wake up, I'd take my makeup bag and I would run to the bathrooms, hoping no one would see me without my makeup. And I'd run into this bathroom and i you know, spend 10, 15 minutes you know, getting myself ready for the day. And I was, again, working at a camp, an outdoor ed center. I was living in the middle of nowhere. And every single day I put on a full face of makeup. I put on foundation. I put on eyeshadow. I often put on eyeliner, mascara. It blows me away that that was what I did every single morning. And one of the funniest moments that has created, I've I've. Always from a young age had body image insecurities. I've always felt like I'm not good enough in my body. I need to look different. I need to be prettier. I need to be this. I need to be that, as many of us do. So, makeup was my savior. Makeup made me look better. It made me look like a better version of myself. So, of course, I was going to use it. Little did I realize that every day I'm painting on a freaking mask that's masking who I really am. And I was using the makeup to show up as someone who wasn't me, right? I was using the makeup to be confident when all I wanted was to be confident within myself. And one morning, um, I was on a slightly later shift, so I woke up later, and one morning when it was, it was quite early on into being there, maybe a month or two into being there at this camp, so it's still kind of fresh, and I was walking to the bathroom, I was doing my kind of scuffle, I had my hood up and everything, because I tried to do that so no one would see my face without makeup, because I was so petrified of it, and one of my friends came up to me, a guy friend, and he, he looked at me at my face, and these are people that had never seen me without makeup, because I was so, so like petrified of it, he looked at me, he goes, are you sick? And I broke. My heart felt like it was both shattering into a million pieces and like the levels of embarrassment. My heart was pounding. I was like, oh, my God, I need to run and get out of here. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And in that moment, in that moment, I chose to say that this is so – I just – I look back on it with so much love. In that moment, I chose, even though I wasn't sick, not sick at all, had a great sleep, I chose to say, yeah, I'm feeling really, really bad and um, I'm just going to run to the bathroom and I ended up proceeding to like take the morning off work and, and put on this kind of fake fake thing that I was sick for the morning because somebody had seen my face without makeup and said, oh my God, you, are you sick? And he was like, oh yeah, I can really see it in your face. Your skin looks disgusting. He <laughs> all these things and I was like, oh my God. I ran to the bathroom, I cried my eyes out and I was like, that was awful. And you can see how that moment really solidified that insecurity in me that I'm ugly without makeup, that people are disgusted by me, by my natural, authentic self. People are disgusted by me. I need to put on this mask. I need to be someone other than myself in order to be loved and approved of by people. And it's a moment that I look back on where I go, wow, that really was a turning point for me where I took that to a whole, I was already really insecure and wore makeup every day. I took it to a whole other level. You know, I started doing makeup in my room, in the shed, like with this tiny little mirror. And I, again, I made sure that nobody would see me. And it was awful. It was so awful and so terrifying to be constantly afraid of people seeing what my face actually looked like. And I was piling on so much makeup in this space. And one of the most freeing things, like I'm a huge fan of makeup. I think it's amazing. I think it's art. However, I was not using it as art. I was using it to not even just cover up certain insecurities, I was using it to create a whole new persona that I thought was worthy of love. And this persona was, you know, the girl that always had great makeup. She was the party girl. She was super fun. It was that really inauthentic version of myself that just felt so not good enough that she literally had to paint herself a mask every single day, paste it on her face and put on this persona that I was this person, that I was happy and chill and cool all the time and that I didn't have any emotions and that nothing upset me and that Guys could walk all over me and I'd be so fine with it, you know. I didn't create any drama. Um, I was that girl. And I was so attached to that inauthentic identity and realizing that that core cool memory of when that belief was reinforced that I need to wear this makeup in order to be loved and in order not to feel that embarrassment. Because again, think about the body in that moment, in that memory. Like I said, my heart was pounding. You know, like being on stage and you wet your pants if you've ever had that dream, right? Or... For me, crapping myself in my car, that's happened numerous times, right? Or being so afraid of something. Or, you know, being naked up on a stage, who knows what your current nightmare is. But think about that moment and how fast your heart's beating. That is your nervous system. That is your body. And this is where the caveman stuff comes in. In that moment, with my heart racing, my body put me into fight or flight, right? My body thinks that there's a tiger in front of me fight or flight is to prepare you to either fight something or to run from something it was literally designed to help protect us from things that no longer impact us in our daily life within our society but yeah presented in this memory with this guy who was saying oh my god are you sick you look terrible right now the same thing happened my body still went oh my god i need to either sprint away from this or i need to fight them that was what happened but of course i couldn't do either of those things because there is no tiger in front of me and when that happens, you end up storing and holding onto all of the stress in your body This is a stressful experience, even though it was really just an interaction with another human being. This is where the body start and the mind-body interaction starts to take place. So we can see here that my insecurity around how my face looked without makeup already began to link to this horribly uncomfortable feeling of fight or flight. I'm in danger. So you can see the impact of that, right? Every time I looked at my own face without makeup, I went, I felt that same thing in my body. Oh my God, I'm in danger. I'm in danger. Because your body remembers these patterns. When things fire together, they wire together. So this experience, this memory of someone seeing my face without makeup and saying these things. In conjunction with my body flipping into this moment, like this stress response, which was what it was. Now, because of the intensity of that moment for me, which some of you might have not been that intense, but for me, it was horrific. The intensity of that moment led two wires in my brain to connect together. It created a new neural pathway. It created a pattern. And so whenever I was faced with that moment of insecurity, I got that fear present within me and it kept me stuck and caged wearing ridiculous amounts of makeup every day at a freaking kids camp where I should have been able to just be free and rough it for a while you know it kept me you know straightening and curling my hair every second day it kept me on a hair wash cycle it was just insane the amount of effort that I had to put into my appearance because of this intensity of the stress response and this is where that mind-body connection you can start to see it being so true so my question for you if you're on this journey of building An authentic life and showing up as your authentic self maybe you're trying to heal physical symptoms like i was maybe you're trying to heal emotional symptoms maybe you're trying to feel less insecure and more confident and maybe you're trying to achieve a dream that you have and remember your dreams aren't going to be achieved by this inauthentic version of you if i had started that business which i actually tried when i was in that stage of my life being extremely inauthentic to myself because i was so petrified and insecure I started like three or four online businesses that all plonked. I made zero dollars and just stressed constantly. I had to become more authentic to myself in order to see my dreams, my manifestations, and the goals and the passions and the purpose that I had for my life. I needed to become more authentic in order to be able to call those stuff in. In order to be able to take those actions, I needed to build security and confidence in who I really am. Otherwise, I would have been going and creating these dreams from a place of lack and fear. And when we create from lack and fear, when we take action from lack and fear, you know what's going to happen. It's going to flop. Your dreams aren't going to work out the way that you want. And you probably aren't going to achieve your goals or you will achieve a bit of them and then you'll pop off and you'll procrastinate and it'll be really hard. For you to achieve that goal or that thing that you're trying to manifest or whatever, however you word goals and desires because that's what they really are. If you're trying to achieve a desire, the key to this desire is finding your true self. It's authenticity. It's being more of you in the world. It is rewriting those belief systems and it is recreating and forming beliefs that you are enough just as you are that you are wonderful that you're magical That you're enough, that you're worth it, that you are worth the dreams that you have. The key to realizing your dreams doesn't lie within your motivation. It lies within the parts of you that were taught that they weren't good enough to achieve them in the first place. It is your job and your responsibility. If you have big dreams, if you want to go and have this big, amazing life, which we've only got the one right now, so why not go for it, hey? You need to look at something. And this is the process that I took myself through. It's the process I take my clients through. So this is the real value-packed space here. If you have a notepad, get it out. You need to look at what beliefs lead you to moments of inauthenticity. Do you have a story like mine, like the makeup disaster moment where I pretended to be sick? Do you have moments where you can see that you betrayed your authenticity or that you learned that you weren't good enough as your authentic self, for some reason you weren't good enough? Those moments create those beliefs that you hold. And those beliefs are what cause you. Those beliefs are what lead you to take action. You need to be taking action from a place of I'm good enough. I believe in myself. I back myself. I bet on myself. I'm allowed to be imperfect. You need to be operating from those belief systems in order to achieve the dreams that you have. So think about those moments of inauthenticity. When do you lie? lying is a huge one and again i think lying gets a really bad rap because it's you know a religious sin um, is lying but we lie to fit in we lie to appear cooler to people we're lying to try and meet that first need that i spoke about which is survival and the best way to survive is to belong to fit in right so when do you lie when do you stay quiet when do you not use your voice when do you not actually speak up and say how you really feel about a certain situation When do you tend to just make things calm rather than saying, oh, hey, um, that thing that you did wasn't really cool. I'm really upset about it. When do you do that? When do you agree to keep the peace? I need you to look at those key moments. I need you to understand why you're doing this. You need you to understand this. Go through this process. Ask yourself some of these really hard, uncomfortable questions. And I know they're hard and I know they're uncomfortable, but they are the key to you being more secure in yourself and achieving your dreams. The reality is that your most authentic and truest self isn't going to fit in everywhere. Not everyone is going to like who you really are, but that doesn't mean that you don't belong. I want you to really hear that. Not everyone is going to like who you really are, but that doesn't mean that you don't belong. Now let's move into what healing actually looks like. If you are on this journey of becoming your most authentic self and you have dreams and goals that you're working towards. So do you see that link I'm really clearly making in this episode today, which is authenticity is the key to realizing your dreams, your goals, your passions, your desires, and your purpose. It's the fastest road to get there is authenticity. Because when you show up as your true self, not only energetically are you putting out to the universe amazing things and you're on this amazing vibrational plane and you're at peace with who you are. Your actions look so different than they do from that place of insecurity, from that place of pretending to be someone you're not. When you're pretending to be someone you're not, when you're being the you know, the person, the mask that you've created, the identity that you've created for yourself that you think other people will like, when you're doing that, you're going to feel insecure all the fucking time, right? Because you're constantly delivering yourself the message, I'm not okay with who I am. I'm not good enough as who I am. I need to keep changing. You're always going to feel that insecurity on some level. And remember, there's such a strong link between the mind and the body. Think about the physical symptoms. Think about the feeling that insecurity feels like in your body. Think what self-doubt feels like. Now, let's move into what healing looks like. The best ways to start healing in this journey of inauthenticity to authenticity is two things. One is creating that sense of belonging within yourself. Because remember, there's a choice point. So... You could be living your life as your most authentic self and you know everything's amazing everything's hunky-dory and then something happens and there's a choice that you make and you're presented with two of your core human needs and they battle up against each other one is survival through connection fitting in belonging the other is being your most authentic and true self self self-discovery and when you're presented with that moment These are the moments that you'll learn the most. They're the moments that you'll learn what's the most important to you. They're the moments that you'll learn what the deepest parts of you are insecure about so that you can start working with those parts of you. You need to realize and create your own sense of belonging. You need to practice being your authentic self around yourself. You should be your safest space. It's terrifying to go out there and be your authentic self in front of a bunch of people. You need to get good at it. You need to teach your brain that it's safe for you to be who you really are. It's safe for you to wear no makeup if that's what's authentic to you. It's safe for you to let your body do whatever it needs to do. It's safe for you to wear these new clothes. It's safe for you to laugh, your authentic laugh. But first of all, you have to create the evidence and give yourself a safe space to be who you really are where there are no threats, right, where other people aren't going to judge you. And guess what? That is with you and yourself. Right, We often think that we're not with people or with company when we're on our own, but we are. Think about all the fucking voices that you have in your head. Think about all the personalities and the identities that you have floating around there. You're with people. This is a place you can practice. Start being okay with the parts of you that are likely the most authentic and probably the either the funniest or the weirdest or the most vulnerable, right? You'll laugh. I actually did this. I did this for a really long time. I practiced laughing freely, first with myself when I was watching TV or things like that. And then I started bringing my real laugh to my relationships, to to with other people. And it was so interesting because it's something that for some reason is planted, implanted in my brain as being an insecurity. Same with makeup. I started wearing less makeup around the house just with myself. I started looking in the mirror at myself. I started noticing things I did like. I started deciding that actually my body, my face, it's the least interesting thing about me. You know, if people can't see my personality, I'll show it to them instead, you know. Um, but healing, the first part of it is creating that sense of belonging within yourself. And to do this, you need to be vulnerable with yourself. You need to be able to share your own truth with yourself. And my friend, and I hate that I say this, but that looks like your feelings, right? How do you actually feel about certain things? What emotions are you shoving down? What hate or anger do you still carry from the past? What jealousy do you have around people? What things are you still really sad about? What things do you feel insecure about? Start making that okay. Start creating dialogue with yourself. And the best way to do this is through journaling, right? Every day, start that journal and be emotionally authentic. Be emotionally honest with yourself. Today, I feel. That can be your journaling prompt every day, right? Today, I feel this. And slowly, once you've created that sense of belonging within you, you're going to start, to start doing this around other people because you'll feel safer too. You'll feel less afraid of judgment. And also energetically something happens here that's really important for you to know. If you've ever seen a person that's you know, cockily confident, which we can sometimes see as a false sense of bravado, versus someone who is confident in who they are in their heart and shows up as their true selves. And you can tell they're not perfect, but they just are who they are and they're cool with it. Two completely different energies, right? When you're around those two different people, you feel differently around them. So keep that in mind. When you become okay with who you are, flaws and all remember it's not about being perfect this is why that journey of being the best version of yourself can sometimes lean into perfectionism if you're not careful we are human we are flawed we have emotions that aren't going to be the best emotions to have but you can create a place of acceptance within that and you can trust yourself that even when you do make mistakes you'll know how to repair from it even if you say the wrong thing even if you have an argument with a friend and you didn't show up the way that you wanted to You'll have trust in yourself that you can go back and repair those situations rather than just avoiding them forever like you might have done in the past. That's what creating a sense of belonging looks like. You energetically upgrade yourself to this next level and show the world who you really are whilst being okay with who you are. So practice, 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 okay? And the second thing that is so important in healing insecurity and becoming more of your authentic self is vulnerability. Your insecurities aim to disconnect you from people. They aim to create division, to divide you and say, you're over here on your own and other people are over here. You're in danger by yourself. Nobody understands you, right? And that then leads us to try and be like everyone else, to try and get back to the tribe and be welcomed and belong with them and, you know, look like them. Most recently, I've had such an urge to do fluffy brows to get my brows laminated. Never had them done in my life, but I'm feeling this urge because I'm seeing it everywhere. I want to be like the cool people on Instagram. And who knows? Maybe one day I will get them done. But I know that part of that is coming from that desire to be and belong in this crowd of people I'm putting up on a pedestal on Instagram with fluffy brows. So insecurity is healed through vulnerability. Be vulnerable about your insecurities. First, again, practice with yourself. I'd love you. Actually, no, no, I'd love you. I'm going to just give you the task. I'm giving you homework from this podcast. And (laughs) again, you might not like it, but if you're taking your dreams and your goals seriously and your journey, this is what you're going to do. Write down three things that you're insecure about right now. Write them down. It could be to do with looks, the stage of life you're in, how many friends you have, whatever it is write that down be vulnerable with yourself we are all insecure about things now my next challenge to you is one can you speak kindly to yourself about these insecurities can you comfort yourself like you would a friend say it's okay two can you have a conversation with a friend a family member a partner whoever it is about one of these insecurities Can you say the words to them? Gosh, I'm feeling so insecure about XYZ right now. Make sure to choose a really safe and accepting space. And if you want to, please DM me on Instagram or send me a voice note. I'm at Kathleen.MindsetCoach. I'd love to hear your insecurities. We can talk about all of mine too because we all have them. Let's stop pretending that we don't. But be vulnerable with someone about them. When you speak these fears, these insecurities out loud, You free yourself of the power and the weight of them. So much of our internal pain and suffering and that feeling of not feeling good enough, procrastination, people pleasing, all that pain, even physical symptoms, is caused simply from not speaking stuff that needs to be spoken about. It's from holding all this shit in. You're human. You're going to be insecure from time to time. You probably have a big, long list of insecurities And when you realize that other people also have that list, you will be shocked. You will be shocked and in awe and realize, okay, it doesn't really matter. Most recently, I did this with a friend of mine and it just so reminded me how freeing and important it is to say, God, I'm feeling so insecure about this right now. Can you listen to me for a moment? Can you give me some comfort? Can I just let this out? Don't hold it in anymore. And this is such an authentic expression of you and who you are. Stop pretending that the best version of you is going to be a, a version that doesn't have self-doubt that doesn't have insecurity that doesn't not feel confident from time to time stop pretending that you need to be that person because that person that has no insecurity that's a that's a perfect version of humanity that's a perfect human and we are not perfect humans humans in itself are flawed that is the curse of humanity and the time we embrace it through vulnerability lean into that uncomfortable moment and you can do this if you're in a place where you are desperately trying to work towards a dream a goal a passion a desire a purpose if you can see and feel this version of you that you know is meant to be unleashed into the world if you can see and feel that And you're coming up against challenges and blocks. You find yourself playing small. You find yourself not posting on socials. You find yourself not going out. You find yourself isolating. You find yourself continuing around in these same endless loops and patterns, not going out on the date, not meeting up with new friends and staying in that space. Even though you know that these are the things that you need to do to create your dreams, If you find yourself in that space and you want support and guidance in a step-by-step tangible way with community, with love, with support, to really get to your next level, to really understand yourself at such a deep level, a safe space to practice this vulnerability, join Magnify. I just launched it today. I'm sharing this episode in a few days' time, so the early bird rate will still be out. But Magnify, it's third round, which is a program to help you remember who the fuck you are and take steps towards your passions and purpose by using who you actually are to get you there it's a deeply healing program along with the mindset component of building the mindset to be able to grow and change and get out your comfort zone and do those scary things because there's tricks and tips and tools that are going to help you do that but there's also a bunch of healing that needs done around these parts of you that don't feel good enough if you've been doing this work on your own or maybe you've kind of tapped into it before but you don't really know where you are you feel stuck you're change like maybe you're like me you're in the stage of life where you're changing and growing and you know it's pretty wild and you want to leap into this new version of you that's actually the oldest version of you your authentic self and bring that into the world come and join us inside magnify it is the third round of this incredible program it's a i've extended it now to a five-week program we have four weekly coaching calls which will be doing so much beautiful stuff inside you also have one one one-to-one call with me as well as Course and workshop access it's an incredible program and right now the early bird rate it's 700 australian dollars pay in full or there's two payment plans available but you can join from i think it's 53 a week australian dollars um over 14 weeks and the early bird rate finishes on friday so that is this friday My calendar's just loading that is this friday the 8th of september so this Friday 8th of September, Early Bird closes, and then we shift into normal enrolment. So if you want to save money, if you want to sign up and get that Early Bird spot, I'm going to put all the links in the show notes. You'll see all the information on my Instagram and social media pages. I can't wait to begin. We start on the 18th of September. If you have questions, fire away. The quickest way to get through to me is via Instagram. Um, or if you're not able to get through there, send me an email, which all the details will be in here and in the link in, in the show notes. We have a really exciting season coming forward. Well, season two. And next week we have, so every Wednesday the episodes will be released. Next Wednesday we have an incredible episode with a super special guest, um, Sarah Simpson. It's going to be an incredible episode on all our body image and securities and building confidence in who you are. And a big chat about diet culture because you know I love a chat about diet culture. So if you've enjoyed this episode, if you have resonated, if you've been like, fuck it's Candeline. I am doing the exercises. I'm making the notes. I'm writing down my insecurities. I'm realizing that the authentic version of me is the version of me that's going to achieve my dreams. And here is what I'm going to do to start doing that. If you've loved this episode and gotten so much value from it, um, please share it. Please share it far and wide. Please share it to your stories on social media. It is sharing stories on socials is the quickest way to help me grow this show Um, and to help people come into my world of this podcast and becoming boundless. Share it on social media. Make sure you tag me at kathleen.mindsetcoach and I will send you a little gift to say thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to hit subscribe. Share it with a friend who needs it. Share it with someone who's got a dream and they're struggling with it. Share it with someone who also has that same insecurity with makeup and they need to hear that there's another way. Share it far and wide. I thank you so much for listening and I can't believe season two is here Remember you are loved, worthy, whole, you're enough just as you are and authenticity is the way to go. See you soon.